Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of February. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from the studio with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. As we enter into this first Friday morning show dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, I invite you to join us as we dedicate this hour and all of this day to the Lord through the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your most sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne, we have a lot to talk oh, about yeah, and cover it's today. A well, great this is, program, Father. Yeah, a little bit of St. Valentine's, Father. <laughs> Every I, month is my favorite month when it's the first Friday show. I know, Sacred me Heart. too, Father. I was thinking about it, I was like, ooh, I like February. February is my favorite month. But I, I was like, I said the same thing last month. <laughs> so, and last year. <laughs> Every month is my favorite month on the first Friday hour. I feel the same way. <laughs> Awesome. Well, well, we're excited, and we're going to be having a guest on, Father Matt Palmer. And um, Matt is the president of a Catholic Men's Ministry, uh, which is calling all men to be centered on Christ, called to be saints, mm. and inspired by St. Joseph. Yeah. Matt will be joining us to share on the upcoming, exciting 25th Annual Catholic Men's Conference at the Kasich Center, February 26th, Ohio Expo Center, and Matt will be sharing on the shift of men's ministry into the heart of Jesus, talk about incorporating the Sacred Heart into the conference. That is so exciting. We're excited to have Matt, and um, is Matt on? It is wonderful. Oh, oh, there there is. Is. Matt, how are you, Chuck? We're how are great. You, we're doing great this morning, and Matt, good to hear from you. And um, mm. I introduced a little bit about the exciting conference coming up, the 25th Annual Catholic Men's Conference on February 26th, and the shift of the men's ministry into the heart of Jesus, and maybe help us a little bit with this shift in the conference and uh, combining uh, the Sacred Heart and men's ministry as a partnership. Well, um, thank you, Chuck, and I'm just so excited to be with all of you this morning and to just talk a little bit about the conference, but importantly to talk about how the conference is and how our ministry, the men's ministry, is embracing the Sacred Heart of Jesus as a very special way that men can grow closer to Christ, show our love for Him, and build our lives, our families, our homes, our lives around Jesus, particularly in the sense of the Sacred Heart, enthroning um, our homes, uh, Christ as King of our homes. So, you know, you mentioned the word shift. When I think about Catholic men's ministry, always, Chuck, we have been about um, building our lives more deeply into Christ. But I think you're right in the sense that we feel a, a particular calling in this time when we look at the culture and look at where families are and marriages are and men are, we need 
the Sacred Heart. We need that understanding of Christ's love for us, and we need that tangible way that as we come to understand His love for us, we can we can show our love for Him. So the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother have really led our ministry, continued to lead our ministry through the years, and now we're really embracing in a more intentional way the Sacred Heart devotion and enthroning um, Christ as King of our homes. We're bringing that more more powerfully into the ministry and into the conference. Isn't that exciting? You know, Matt, that's exciting. So well said. And I know that you incorporated this with your team. And tell us a little bit about the 12 and the 72. Oh, thank you for asking. So as we began to look ahead, our, our history, um, we're so blessed by what God has done in the history of Catholic men's ministry. And of course, Chuck, you've been such an important part of that. Father Daly certainly has been involved. And so many men have been blessed by the work of Catholic men's ministry. This will be, as you mentioned, our 25th annual conference. We are now one of the largest uh, Catholic men's conferences in the country. We're certainly one of the oldest. And over the years, we've had such, um, they've been mountaintop experiences. You know, we, we often say that when we come to a men's conference, a Catholic men's conference, it is a mountaintop experience. We are transformed as we encounter um, our Lord in adoration, in confession, uh, in the Mass, the celebration of, ho- of, of, of the Holy Mass, as we come together as men, as we hear wonderful speakers. But we've also felt led that now is the time to begin to look at the rest of the year and to build our ministry, uh, continue to build on our conference, but to also begin serving and helping the men through the rest of the year. They come out of that conference, come back down into the valleys of their everyday life. What do they need? And so we formed a leadership team of 12 men. Um, Together, they really receive from the board the overall direction and mission for the ministry, And then the job of the 12, and I'm blessed to be one of the 12, the kind of the board representative to the 12 and with the 12, we're really trying to take the ministry the rest of the year and build um, an effective ministry that really helps men grow closer to Christ. Now we're feeling that we want the Sacred Heart devotion to be an essential part of that formation. We want the Holy Family to be an essential part of that formation. So how do we grow in our love for the Blessed Mother? How do we consecrate and teach other men to consecrate their lives to Mary and and to give themselves to Jesus through Mary? How do we um, bring St. Joseph into our life? As our mission statement uh, says, we want to be inspired by his life. And so these are becoming sort of the touchstones, the Sacred Heart devotion, enthroning our homes, consecration to Our Lady, consecration to St. Joseph. There's the Holy Family right there, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And from there, we want to help men build their lives on, on that and the, and the Holy Family, and then go back into their families, back into their parishes, and become missionary disciples that take the gospel of Christ's love into the world, beginning, of course, with their homes and their families, into their parishes, and then out into their workplaces and their neighborhoods. It's such an exciting time to be a part of men's ministry, Catholic men's ministry across this country. I'm so grateful to you, Chuck, and others that have led the way, and um, we're really making some progress. The 72 are additional men, any man in the, in the Diocese of Columbus, 
that would like to join us in this great mission, we've invited men to come and become what is part of the 72. You'll recall that in the book of Luke, Jesus and the 12 went out and called 72 others to help them with the work of evangelizing and the work of discipleship. So we've invited other men to join us. We now have 98 other men so far. We've only begun in the last couple of months, and that number will grow. We'll always call them the 72, but of course we hope to have not only 98, but 198 and 498 and 898 until every man in the diocese feels that they're very much a part of, uh, of a mission of on-fire men for Christ, the Sacred Heart devotion, enthroning our homes, loving Our Lady and St. Joseph, and being missionary disciples. That's the goal every man in the diocese. Well, Matt, thank you. The, my heart burns to hear all this. And as uh, someone who's been involved with the Women's Conference from the beginning, I really feel that it is providential that the men are taking the lead in this uh, tremendous endeavor, which is so important because truly men are the spiritual head. And the thing that's always been just really important is that the men's ministry was men's ministry and really helping men be who God calls them to be. Because if that happens, the natural order of things then well, the women will be able to more authentically be in their rightful place of compliment. So I, I am just so excited more for this year than ever before. But I also want to share with the women listening that, you know, at the women's conference, which is so great, that it's busy and it's social and there's a lot happening that, I have always taken the men's conference since St. Gabriel, you know, thankfully it's being aired as a retreat day, as a day of just really being able to enter into the talks and even take notes. And then when Chuck would come home, we just have had over the years a beautiful time of reflection and sharing and coming together. And uh, so I really invite the women to, of course, you know, I love that it's a locker room, that it's the guys, but, <laughs> but we're allowed to listen in and, and also learn. So uh, this is just really, really exciting. Thank you, Matt, for all you're doing in that regard. You know, Matt, you're I, so welcome, Joanne. In, in listening to what you shared, I um, couldn't help but think of like a litany of names of the men that I know um, through all my different assignments, everywhere from St. Michael's in Worthington to Immaculate Conception in Kenton to now Holy Family in downtown Columbus. And um, I, I just, I think it has to be said that uh, I'm so grateful that you and the other men uh, who are in this with you were bold enough to be open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to start this and to be open to being led by you know the Lord and 
being guided by Our Lady because we need this. We need everything you just spoke of. We need everything that you're hoping to do in service of the Lord and everything you're hoping to offer to our fellow brothers in Christ. So, I mean, praise God that you're, you and your group are being open to this prompting. And, and I love the biblical numbers that you're following. Yeah, and thank you for too. being rooted in that, the rooted in the Acts of the Apostles and even in how the Lord uh, initiated the church. I mean, there's power in the symbols that we use as Christians, and there's power in the numbers we use. So, I mean, I just love, you know, yeah, you're going to be a part of the 72, even if you're like number 4,588. You know, you're part of the 72. I love that, though. We have to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. So thank you so much for Mm -hmm. everything you're you're trying to do and you are doing and you hope to do for the Lord. It's it's just refreshing. Now, Matt, maybe in closing, bring uh, bring our audience to how, how can they get registered and a little bit about the conference coming up. And then certainly we really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you so much. I'm Chuck. And thank you, Father Stash and, and Joanne. CatholicMensMinistry.com for all of you out there listening. Women, you can go onto our site and register your husband for Oh, I love that. Him. How about a Valentine's Day <laughs> gift for him, ladies? Absolutely. So the conference will be February 26th. That's a Saturday. It's coming up fast. Um, again, go to CatholicMensMinistry.com. You'll see the registration link there. $40 uh, for a wonderful day. We'll begin at 8 o'clock in the morning at Kasich Hall, down at the Ohio Expo Center. And um, actually come a little early, guys, because we'll have some wonderful music. Um, the Newman Project Band, which is the Praise and Worship Band, at St. John Newman Parish, our host parish. They'll be playing um, and right up until 8 o'clock, kind of getting us all ready. There'll be some praise and worship music that you can join in. We'll have our, our regular exhibit hall with lots of ministries out in the exhibit hall offering their, their beautiful ministries and services and information and books. Our speakers that day are amazing. Sister Miriam James Heidland, uh, she'll be speaking our first speaker the first time ever in our Columbus Catholic Men's Conference that we've had a woman speak to us. I think you all would agree we can't have a better first woman speaker than Sister Miriam James, and she'll be giving a powerful talk on the masculine heart, the greatness of the masculine heart. Matthew Leonard will be our next speaker, and he'll be um, sharing thoughts on how we go deeper in contemplative and meditative prayer, looking at the beautiful traditions in the Church of deeper a deeper prayer life and building that prayer life. Curtis Martin will be our third and final speaker early in the afternoon. He'll be speaking, of course, he's the founder of Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. He'll be speaking on as we come to know our Lord more deeply, as we come through the Sacred Heart devotion to grow in our love for Him. How do we go and share that love? And he'll be giving us some very concrete examples. And finally, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Father Stash Daly and I are going to be having a conversation during the conference. for a certain 20-minute segment in the morning, and we're going to be talking about the Sacred Heart devotion and how can men sort of understand the devotion, how can we as men bring that beautiful devotion into our lives, what does it mean to enthrone our um, Jesus as King of our homes, our families. So, Father Stash, I'm looking forward to, to my conversation with you about the Sacred Heart devotion. 
Our part will not be the bathroom break. <laughs> we expect everyone to stay seated. <laughs> we'll, we'll close the doors and make sure everybody stays seated because I think you three would agree that it, it, uh, it'll be one of the most important parts of the conference is to really hear from you, Father Stosh, and from Christ's heart and from Our Lady, um, who's going to be, we've entrusted this entire conference mm. to Our Lady and asked her to bring every man that she wants there for her son. And so we've entrusted it all to her, and we know that that part of the, of the day is going to be an important part of the day for the men to learn more about the Sacred Heart devotion and to really see it not as something sort of out away from our faith as men, but actually the way that we can come to understand and live our faith each day is in giving ourselves to his heart and receiving his heart. Well, Matt, we can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. Again, as Matt said, it's February 26th. It's going to be the 25th Annual Catholic Men's Conference. I want to put a shout-out to all those men uh, that have been attending maybe for 25 years and also that have been helping over the years. And uh, the fruits continue. Uh, and I think this conference uh, allows us now to be, as their new um, theme is, Centered on Christ, called to be saints, inspired by St. Joseph. But thank you, Matt. God bless. Thank you, Matt. And we'll see you on the February 26th. God bless you all. Mm-hmm. I love you in Christ, and I'm so excited to share that day with uh, with you two men. Joanne, I'm so glad you'll be listening. I'll in. be listening. Men out there, join us. We look forward to seeing you. All right. God bless. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. And... Go ahead, Joanne. Well, and I just want to say that, you know, maybe what we need to have is a program, too, to share all the, not all, we could never do that, but the many blessings, the many stories, the many um, just really miracles when people have absolutely, you know, said yes to the enthronement and connected with the honoring and allowed our Lord to come into their home in even a new way as king, brother, friend, savior. Hmm. So, you know, this is this is powerful. Absolutely. And Columbus yeah. has been, I believe, chosen yeah. because uh, we are the heart of it all. Yeah. No, that's, and I mean, everything within central Ohio, basically, I mean, it's the... Um, the area that encompasses the viewership of St. Gabriel Radio, yeah. that's the heartbeat of the Sacred Heart devotion in North America right now. I mean, there's a lot wow. issuing forth from this area. I mean, it's incredible. And, and now I mean, it's even going global. You're listening to us right now, and you're a part of that. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter if this is brand new to you or if you're a veteran <laughs> and you've enthroned your home and renewed it. I mean— you are a part of making sure that the heartbeat of the devotion to the heart of Jesus is spreading home to home, heart to heart, neighborhood to neighborhood, and yes, parish to parish and school to school. So, I mean, this is um, not only the heart of it all, this is the heartbeat of the devotion to the Sacred Heart. What a privilege. And I know the weekend or the weekend before the men's conference is the women's conference. Yes. Maybe join a little promo. Yes, absolutely. The theme this year is called Rekindle the Gift of God that is Within You. And actually, there's no better way to do that Mm -hmm. than the enthronement to the Sacred Heart. And we will be there. We'll have a table at the Women's Conference. It will be on February 19th. And um, I encourage you women to go online to... uh, 
ColumbusCatholicWomen.com and get all the more information on the speakers and the registry. But it's another wonderful day of the sacraments and speakers and vendors and a little different than before. But it'll be a wonderful day. But I also think we need to ask all of the men to go and register their wives oh, I for love the women's that. conference. <laughs> we're going to ask Father, all the wives to register course. their husbands. Of course. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be equal in yes. making sure that people are registering others who don't know oh, what they've been registered yes, for. Yes, <laughs> Father, I would be remiss. And it's at this moment, I'm glad that there's a plastic placard separating me from. <laughs> Well, and and also for those listening, and that challenge goes out to all of you, that today we know that we go into grocery stores, we know that we make Ah. a living being outside the house, and there's no excuse not to come to the men's or women's Sporting events. And there's no excuse because this is why, put it under our Lord, and I know Joanne and I have talked about, we trust in Jesus and Jesus will not let us down. Of course, Absolutely. be prudent. He wants the men and women at these conferences. Absolutely. And now, Father, mm. I know the session one is going to be over here shortly. Let's talk a little bit about Valentine's Day and <laughs> true love. And... uh Maybe a little bit about St. Valentine's. I, all I can think of is when um, I would teach in junior high or high school or even work with the couples preparing for marriage. And it's like, now let's talk about love. And they both look at the priest like, you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a flower pot. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, I know the reality of love. Now let's get to the lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you know, I love that phrase Matt Palmer used. Let's just use that as like a springboard, a diving board, mountaintop experience. Mm -hmm. That's what the conferences are. Sometimes that's what Holy Mass is on Sundays, a mountaintop experience. And then you kind of go back to life. You go back home, you go back to your marriage, you go back to school, go back to work, and then you're just like, you're in the valley. But when you live the life of the saints, when you live the, the life that is lived by the church, remembering the saints on the different days, their feast days, like this month. We consider our brother a martyr, St. Valentine. I mean, I mean, just think about what the, the church is preaching to the culture by giving all of us, brothers and sisters of St. Valentine, disciples of Jesus, an opportunity to consider what he did to defend true love. Um, I mean, how this beautiful brother of ours witnessed the vows of young married couples who just wanted to get married as disciples of Jesus, but it was forbidden by the emperor. I mean, but he was willing to witness the vows of a young man and a young woman who loved one another and wanted to enter into that sacrament of holy matrimony. I mean, if we could just take a pause right there. Think of the dignity of marriage that was being defended and advocated by that beautiful priest, St. Valentine. And I remember when I was little, you know, you get those, um, the things you can hang at a party, happy birthday. No, like the little signs, and it used to oh, say, yeah. like, Valentine's Day. I remember when I was little, my mom found one that said, Happy St. Valentine's Day. Oh, that was And she fun. treasured it. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. I remember when she was, she lamented one time we were shopping, she's like, you can't find it with the word saint anymore. She's like, mm-hmm. don't ever forget, like, he is one of our saints. And I, I don't know how old I was, maybe six or seven, maybe eight, I don't know, maybe even ten. But that just kind of seared my memory. It's like, he is a saint, you know? And when you think of what the world has turned it into— Think of what we Christians already have. You know, our brother, St. Valentine, defended the dignity and the beauty of true human love, which issues forth in the image and likeness of God's love. 
I mean, and of course he's a martyr, but I mean, it's just so beautiful. He died in defense of God's love, the love that is able to be exchanged between a man and a woman. It's so just, it's just, it's just good. And it's we, Catholic. Go ahead, <laughs> you know, reading a little bit about St. Valentine, yeah. what really touched me was at the end how he held steadfast yes. and, ter- and in turn mm-hmm. attempted to convert the emperor, yeah. Claudius, <laughs> to Christianity. I know. And at which point the emperor condemned him to death yeah. because he was marrying young couples and the emperor said, no, good fighters um, are yep. ones that are single men. I don't want them married. Yeah. And he continued to that vocation of marriage yeah. right up to the point that he was willing to give his life. Yep. And and that, go ahead. The church wisely, when St. Valentine was martyred, they reclaimed that had been the day of a pagan secular fertility feast festival mm-hmm. and so you know the church has over the centuries taken the secular and christianizing it yeah. but what yeah. we have today unfortunately is yep. a effort to now secular rise yeah. the christian so we have to first of all understand our roots yep it's so true protect them yep and proclaim them yep. and i i've learned something by just reading this and really kind of focusing on the real saint valentine yeah. a new appreciation for the day yeah what better way than the sacred heart of Jesus? It's so true. You know, the Knights of Columbus, they have those beautiful bumper stickers that says, keep Christ in Christmas. And I always think it's like, okay, let's keep the saint in St. Valentine's Day. Let's keep the true love, the sacrificial love in this day of our brother who's a martyr and a priest. And it, you know, it's a day to pray for parish priests who are preparing couples oh, for marriage. Oh, I love that. To kind of lay down their life in preparation and defense of holy matrimony for these young couples. It's a, it's a, he's just a powerful intercessor. And, you know? I, you know, somewhere I read about the money that's spent on that day. It's huge. Oh, yeah. And, but oh, yeah. you don't need to spend a lot of money to be able to yeah. reclaim authentic love, authentic caring for the people you love. Yep. To just, you know, reach out to them. And, um, you know, what I've shared before, our family tradition is uh, making a heart-shaped meatloaf. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's great. That comes back every it's year. It's great. <laughs> little ketchup at the end, mashed potatoes around the sides. But, you know, it just takes a what would be an ordinary family meal yep. and putting a little bit of extra oomph in it <laughs> and a little bit of fun to say, I love you. It's true. <laughs> Chuck, you're marveling in silence. I know. You can't wait for it. Heart-shaped meatloaf. 50 years. 50 years, Father. I still love it. 50 years of heart-shaped meatloaf. But but this is what happened to me, Father. As we're preparing for this session, Father. It's true. As we're preparing for the session to put this meatloaf on the side. And... uh, then I look up and said, what does the Bible really say about St. Valentine's Day? It's true. And I go right into Corinthians. And then it started to hit me. Maybe we need to put this in a brochure, a Sacred Heart brochure. And uh, so, Father, I don't know whether if you want to just touch base on a little bit of Corinthians 13 and see how that just fits right into the Sacred Heart. Oh, home. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean... 
Keep in mind, our brother, St. Valentine, a priest, a martyr, he defended true love. He defended the love between two human hearts, a love that is infused with the virtue of charity by the Lord. And, of course, we turn to sacred scripture to be guided in that same process. And we, you know, the first letter of the Corinthians by our brother, St. Paul, love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. Love does not seek its own interest. Love is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rather love rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And then I love how he, he draws it to a close. So faith, hope, love remain. These three. But the greatest of these is love. And when we, we're grasping for that divine love, we're grasping for true love, I mean, think of how the Lord makes his heart available to us. His heart is that wellspring of divine love. Yeah. So wherever the heart of Jesus is exposed, venerated, and honored, the heart of Jesus in any home, it's, there's just a powerful reminder of, to go to the reality of the Lord's sacred heart to bask in the glory of that love. And remember, you can't give what you don't have. So we all need to receive love from the Lord so that we can then offer and give and that love. And you know, love. during May when we make the May altar for the Blessed Mother, yeah. it might be a good idea to move the picture to a new place, put a little, you know, candle or a flower in front of it, and just kind of focus more on the heart of Jesus yeah. and his love. Absolutely. Well, Father, here we are. Here we are. Can you believe how quick it went again? Um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> that meatloaf, it's, just, no, it's walking no. with me. <laughs> You're welcome to come over and oh, have some fun. Thank you. As we bring to a close this first segment on this Sacred Heart Hour, on this first Friday of the month of February, we invite you to join us as we enter into one of our favorite prayers to the Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. I heard an old joke that shows the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. A pessimist child was brought into a room of toys. He hung his head low and said, I'll probably break one. An optimist child was brought into a room of horse manure. He jumped in, started digging, and said, There's got to be a horse in here somewhere. <laughs> now, some of us are just naturally optimists, and some are pessimists. But for the Christian... There's something deeper than both those options. It's something called hope. Hope comes from confidence in God's love for us. That no matter what we face in life, God's only motive for allowing it is love. When things look like a pile of manure, you can trust that love. When things break you down on the outside, you can trust that it's part of the plan for your eternal glory and He's building you up on the inside. Scripture tells us that all things work together for the good for those who love and serve God. That's not a call to be an optimist, but to be full of hope. This is Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. 
So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Hearing this hour means it is the first Friday of the month, and in this month of February, we answer the invitation from the Lord to give our all to Him through His most sacred heart. As we begin this second segment of this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we dedicate this segment of this hour to the Lord's heart and His mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart, and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family, and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families in the night ahead and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, as usual, this hour just goes by so it fast. Does. So here we are in the second segment. And there's whole, there's still a lot to consider. Oh, there is. If you have joined in, tuned in to this hour over the break or towards the end of the last segment, we just want to revisit and make sure that you know you're invited to uh, attend the conferences that are coming up in a couple of days. Um, Chuck, you want to give the info on the men's conference? Sure. And Joanne, you want to give the info on the women? Sure. Yeah, the men's conference is February 26th. Uh, it's going to be at the Kasich Center at the Ohio Expo. Uh, I think this morning we had Matt Palmer, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be the MC, but also shared a little bit about this year really focusing in on the heart of Jesus, because uh, that's Christ-centered, and that's what men need to be is Christ-centered. So go on CatholicMensMinistry.com. Uh, you'll get all the information. And again, I, I just want to challenge the men. This is not a time to stay home. No. This is a time that we need to trust Jesus and come together as brothers. We've been isolated, and we need to show the community the church is alive, and we are alive of men in Christ. That's so good. Oh, that's perfect, Chuck. Very well put, yeah. And the Women's Conference is February 19th. The theme is Rekindle the Gift of God that is Within You. And it will be, again, have mass and speakers and exhibitors and, of course, lunch and wonderful fellowship. So go online to www.columbuscatholicwomen.com. 
dot com to get more information. Yeah. And that's literally, those two conferences are literally in the days to come. This month of February, yes. we will have our annual conference for it's Catholic men time and Catholic for women. It. It's great. It is. And, um, if, you know, if for some reason you are not able to go, there's that legitimate concern or worry, or you're just not able to get out of the house, please listen to St. Gabriel Radio. Let the talks be uh, a retreat for you. Yeah, I mean, the even, formation. Yeah. I mean, the speakers at both conferences are, you know, like the A-team. I mean, these are incredible, mm-hmm. phenomenally faithful disciples who are guided by the Holy Spirit, and you will not be let down. But I just want to echo something that Chuck said and said so well. Um we are all suffering from being in isolation. Mm. And, you know, this, this is an opportunity mm. to kind of tap into the, the power and the glory of knowing that you're a part of a community, a part of a family, the family of God. And uh, please go, you know, men, uh, from the heart of this simple priest, you know, please take it to your own heart to go to the Catholic Men's Conference. Women, understand the beauty of the Lord and how he calls us together in community and in family and consider going to the women's conference. I mean, you'll, you'll just find that there's that charge in the air, so you know, well it's the said, Holy Spirit, Father. you know, so please just consider that. And, um, I mean, it's, it, it dovetails so perfectly with everything we're about, you know, making the heart of Jesus at the center of our lives, of our homes, of our community, of our friends, of our families. But you need to know who the family is that you belong yeah. to, you know? Yeah. And father, these are some other ways that people can tap in, to the heart of Jesus, that love, and Absolutely. so forth. Uh, certainly we have the radio program, Sacred Art Hour, on First Friday. Yeah. Uh, the Thursday before First Friday, the vigil, mm. uh, we meet at St. Paul's with uh, those that can attend. Uh, f- up until 5.55 is adoration and benediction, and then Mass at 6.15, and we come together at 7, and the two talks will be this time on the second promise, I will give peace to their families and also a beautiful testimony by Jennifer Mulligan. And everyone's invited. Everyone is invited. And it's going to be at St. Paul's in Westerville. We also are blessed to be able to have a weekly uh, newsletter, a monthly newsletter, uh, Keep the Flame Burning. You can sign up on going to Welcome His Heart if you're not receiving it. goes to over 5,000 now. It's got great information, but part of our Lord is saying not only does he want to expose the sacred heart in our homes, but he wants to honor, yeah. honor whether it's at the monthly meeting, honor whether it's uh, reading, uh, keeping the flame alive, and how do you keep that within your family, and then also coming up on February the 8th is going to be a Zoom session. Again, you can go to Welcome His Heart. It's going to be by... Father Laramie, uh, Joseph Laramie, who's our current spiritual director, and he'll be with Emily Jaminette, and they will hold a live session uh, to help you go deeper in the life-changing devotion. Free to attend at 7.30, February 8th. Go on, welcome his heart. And I know, Father, as we've talked about, uh, this is not a once and done. No, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. It's living with the heart of Jesus at the center of your life. And, you know, just say, these things that are available, these opportunities, you know, like, so if you look ahead um, to the first Friday of every month and just consider, you know, this year that the night before 
we prepare for that first Friday at St. Paul's, the night before the first Friday of the month. And then now, you know, check out the website, visit it regularly to find out what's going on, where it's going on, and how it can build up your spiritual life. I mean, what you highlight about that, the Zoom opportunity with Father Laramie. Remember, he spoke at our last Congress of the Sacred Heart, beautiful priest, works with the Apostleship of Prayer. I mean, these opportunities are all meant to keep us centered on the heart of Jesus. And I really recommend purchasing the Secrets of the Sacred Heart by Emily Jaminette. It's making, you know, it's making a difference. It's it's really helping you to understand the promises, to be able to live them and, and honor our Lord. And it's practical, it's readable, and it's really, um, it's been so meaningful to so yeah. many. Oh, and yeah, they'll be definitely. also available at the two conferences. Yep. Yes. Now, I know, Father, we're going to get into feast days and for the month of February. And, uh, you know, when I think of February, I think of being a dark, dark month. <laughs> I wonder you know? why. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Permacloud. And then I have to turn on the Golf Channel and I see San Diego and the sun. And how did I ever end up in Columbus, Because you're Ohio? blessed. I am blessed that I married a girl from Ohio. And her parents' prayers prayed us back to Ohio. That's true. And I'm thankful for that. But, Father, tell us a little bit about February 2nd, Feast of the Presentation that we've already celebrated and why it's called the light. You know, and this is one of the things. I mean, if we can just consider, we have had already this month a powerful Feast of the Lord. It's called the Presentation of the Lord. It's a feast in the life of the Church. It used to be called the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It doesn't mean we no longer remember the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And yet, even in Old English, it's called Candlemas. And it's one of those opportunities in the calendar. Like you said, February, we're just like, bleh. But then we have this powerful feast, and it's 40 days after Christmas, 40 days after the Nativity of our Lord. It keeps in mind the Mosaic Law. Once again, it helps us keep in mind our Jewish roots, and it helps us understand the power of that moment when um, the Jews were set free from Egypt. They were set free from slavery, and with great gratitude for being set free, one of the things that was dictated by the Lord to those who would be faithful to him, was, you know, the firstborn male who would open the womb would be consecrated to the Lord. And you have to keep that in mind, because that means 40 days after the birth of our Lord, then Our Lady would have been able to go to the temple. She would have been able to rejoin her people in prayer at the temple. Why 40 days? Well, a lot of that is intertwined between uh, the preservation of her body so that she could recover from childbirth. It was hygienic to keep her safe. It was also meant to give her enough time to get the baby ready and strong enough to travel. But, I mean, understand that. Like, a mother, mm-hmm. after 40 days, the mother would then be able to take her baby boy who opened her womb, so it would be her firstborn child who was a boy. She would have been taken him to the temple and consecrate him, set him apart, offer him to the Lord. And... As Our Lady and St. Joseph would have gone, it would have to be at least 40 days. Uh, we adhere to the 40-day mark, but keep in mind, because they had to flee into Egypt, it would have been any time after the 40 days up to about two years, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So Our Lady and St. Joseph take the infant Jesus to the temple so that he can be consecrated to the Lord the Most High, his father. Now, we also engage in someone else in the Gospel of Luke. We learn about Simeon and Anna. 
And these two figures are, to me, just figures of great mystery, but also of love and mercy and vigilance. They keep watch. I, I love to think about how Our Lady, with great excitement, is able to go to the temple and pray, rejoin her people, her priestly people in prayer. She's presenting her son, the baby Jesus, the infant Jesus, the divine child. She's escorted by St. Joseph. I mean, think of their joy being able to go to the temple and to present their son, who they know is God. They're presenting their son to the Father. As they're climbing the steps, I, and I start to get excited about this, Simeon, who knows as a result of revelation from the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the presence of God returned to the temple. He would not die until he saw the face, the eyes of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. So Simeon has this kind of like bated breath experience. He's waiting. He's watching the boys as they're being brought by their mother and father. He sees countless number of children, of baby boys being brought, presented, and offered, consecrated to the Lord. But notice, I mean, just allow your imagination to guide you as you consider the power of the words of the Gospel of Luke. Simeon sees this young woman, her husband, Joseph, carrying a child, Jesus. He looks at the face of the infant Jesus, the divine child, and he sees in the eyes and the face of that infant the presence of God. And Simeon now knows God's presence has returned to the temple. Anna, the prophetess, is off to the side, and she's admiring what's going on. Simeon and Anna are waiting with vigilance for the return of God to the temple. They're waiting for the return of God to the people, to the chosen people. They're waiting for the return of God in the flesh. Mary and Joseph are escorting God in the flesh, the divine child of the temple. We remember the eagerness of Mary and Joseph to go to the temple to pray with their people. We remember Mary presenting the Christ child to God the Father. We remember Simeon and Anna waiting for the presence of God to return to the temple. We remember all of that on the feast of the presentation of the Lord, the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That return of light to the temple is what then, in tradition, and especially in Old English, makes the Mass called Candle Mass. It's the blessing of candles. And the blessing of the candles, the lighting of the candles. Um, and this is every year on February 2nd. Now, I have a silly question. No such thing as a silly question. <laughs> it's, it's the blessing of the candles, but it's not also for the people to bring candles? They, they can. Have. Now, okay, if they bring candles, um, it, it really is an okay thing to do. Sure. Okay, yeah. now my other question yeah. is, do they have to be beeswax? No. They uh-uh. don't? No. No, because those candles, the candles that are used in the liturgy in the church yeah. have to have a certain element of beeswax in them. Mm-hmm. But the candles for the home are for light, for protection, to dispel the darkness. So the candles that can be blessed can be made up of oil. They can be made up of, you know, uh, soybeans, you know. Okay. But those, those candles, are all kind of pure ingredients. Can they be... They, Cheap ones? Sure, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they're used in the home. So anything uh-huh. can be blessed for that's used in the home, yeah. Oh, that's They can't great. necessarily be used for the Mass, right. but they could be used in the home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's And really it's a very good. special, powerful Mass. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also, remember, our beautiful brother, St. John Paul II, declared February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he declared it the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. Because in Mary, in Joseph, in Simeon, in Anna, we find all wrapped up into one person, the man or the woman who consecrates their life to the Lord. Today, as a religious priest, brother, sister, nun, a consecrated virgin, 
a consecrated hermit. Which is all about the heart. Yeah. And these people are totally living now the way we will all live in heaven, totally given over to the heart of Jesus. It's such a powerful day. Now, I mean, it's already in our rearview mirror, but it's one of those things like, think about when you pray the rosary. Yeah. What happens after you pray the mystery focusing on the nativity, the very next mystery, presentation of the Lord in the temple. And I mean, that decade takes me forever to get through because my mind, like after every hymn, I'm just thinking about Mary. I'm thinking about Joseph. I'm thinking about Simeon. I'm thinking about Anna. I'm thinking about the divine child who's like, why am I getting tossed around here like a bag of potatoes? Everyone's looking at me. (laughs) I mean, there's just so much to consider about the presentation. It's such a beautiful, beautiful feast day. But, you know, one of those side things, which is so powerful, is the presence of light, the presence of the flame, the candle burning in the darkness. If we can think about our homes, think about our souls, if there's any darkness in our lives, in our homes, in our souls, in our hearts, in our relationships, we need the light of Jesus. We need that light to be brought back to our home and to our hearts, you know? You know, Father, when you say that, I think of the images that uh, everyone has had their home and throne and the fire that burns around the heart of Jesus in that mm, image yeah. is a fire of love. Yep. I love that Jesus has for us. The Lord Jesus does not want us to dwell in the darkness. He's made us for the light, his light. Mm-hmm. And I think, Father, what you've helped me understand is that's the beauty. I sort of took the cork out of the wine bottle. <laughs> you know, just I like that out. image. <laughs> yeah, Joanne likes that image. But it sort of popped it out, said light is now here. Absolutely. And it's yeah. only us that can... Distinguish. I mean, that can it's take so it out, take it away, extinguish. Yeah, yeah and so we true. need our hearts now to be more in the light, Father, because so the true. darkness yeah. today is around us. Yeah, uh, Joanne. Um, in the early years of this program, she you would quote, and you'd always say, um, uh, "Gosh, what was that line?" You would always say, um, "It really it stuck with me." But now I can't forget the clarity. You're Eat like meat loaf on. Uh, that also has stuck with me. <laughs> Man, that thing just came back and haunt me again. Okay, no, it was better to, uh, rather than curse the darkness, better to... Light the candle. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just like, sometimes we so yeah. get, we get so distracted yeah. by the darkness and we get upset and angry over the darkness, but it's like, no, focus on the light. Focus on the candle that's just you, been lit. Now more than ever before, yeah. I think we need it's to do so that. It's just so beautiful. Very now, beautiful. Now, do you, we'll go to February 5th, same place. Is this a connection? Well, here's what's beautiful. There is a natural progression. I mean, the candles are blessed at the presentation of the Lord, Feast of the Presentation. And the very next day, we remember another one of our brothers, St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr. And then you know, one of the candles or two of the candles can be used to then bless those who seek his intercession for protection against any infirmities or ailments, especially of the throat. Um, and You know, it's one of those things like you can meet people who might be or they might feel that they're ignorant of the faith. Or maybe they feel that they're very far from where they should be in the faith. But this is the power of being incarnational, people in the flesh. When you think of the blessings, you Mm -hmm. know, it's amazing how many people are blessing our throats, the candles. (gasps) Okay, I got to go to that. And it just shows that there's something deep within our humanity. We want what the church has to offer, you know. And even if we struggle with our faith, even if we struggle to maintain the state of grace, when you hear about the blessing of throats, I mean, it's just something from a very early age. It just becomes in our minds. We're like, well, St. Blaise. I mean, that's coming up, you know? And it's it's like Ash Wednesday, you know? Well, people act like it's a holy day of obligation. It's not, but 
you can't say that to anybody because they're like, well, what do you mean I can't get dirt on my forehead? You know, it's like, but there's something very incarnational about that. We know we have to be there. Palm Sunday. I mean, I think there are more people that go to Mass on Palm Sunday than Easter Sunday. Well, I think it's also a really good reminder that we need, um, we were body and spirit. Exactly. And, you know, as Mother Angelica always, yep. you know, promoted the holy reminders. Yes. Yeah. And in our home, we need holy reminders yeah, in a special absolutely. way. And really, that's what, you know, the images of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart so true. are really, when you see those, it brings to mind the love of Christ yeah. and the love of the Blessed so Mother. True. You know, a story regarding holy reminders on our house on Arlington Avenue, Joanne had this vision of having a cross on top of the house. Yeah, yeah. the finial has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we yeah, put, we, we it thought it was going to be Father about eight inches. Turns out about <laughs> three feet. Okay, so now yeah. years later, fourteen years later, we're putting it on the market, and basically, uh, it had not sold the first month or two months and so forth. Uh, then we understand the couple that bought it with their family, non-Catholic, non-Catholic drove by the house, and the son said, Dad, you would like that house because it has a cross on top of it. Yeah. And they ended up buying the house. Yeah, it's still there. Oh, wow. And I think so often we think we have to hide Jesus, hide our faith, when really the Sacred Heart wants us to take it out into the light. That's true. And even if you go to a restaurant, make sure you pray. Yes. Because you want to pray. Yeah. Don't hold it back because you think you're going to be self-conscious. Yeah. Pray. But Father, we have two more feast days, Our Lady of Lords and St. Polycarp. <sighs> it's just three minutes. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, Our Lady of Lords is probably pretty much self-explanatory to many people, but not necessarily all. The Feast of Our Lady of Lords on February 11th recounts the apparition of Our Lady, the 18 appearances to St. Bernadette Subiru in Lourdes, France, up in the Pyrenees Mountains. And it's when she was appearing to St. Bernadette, there's just so much to unpack there, but I mean, let us just consider it. That is where Our Lady reveals herself to St. Bernadette as, I am the Immaculate Conception, which is something that Bernadette did not necessarily understand nor fully appreciate, but she revealed that to the parish priest, and that was the confirmation of the priest mm-hmm. that, okay, this is actually Our Lady. And, you know, whether you have made a pilgrimage to Lourdes, visited Lourdes, or never even been to Lourdes, um, I mean, you, today with technology, you can find it on YouTube and you can watch the grotto and, and it's just a place of absolute joy and peace. And most of most of us in Columbus have access to Formed. Yes. And Chuck and I recently watched, it's called The Passion of Bernadette. Oh. It's what happened after the apparitions when mm. she joins the convent really it was a difficult time no very much yeah. and it really it's an older movie but i really recommend it because you see in the lives of the saints that you know here she was and she was very sick and so many people are getting yeah. cured but not bernadette that's right and the blessed mother said uh you know your happiness is not here, will be, you know, in heaven next world. But I think that, you know, I'm really putting a plug in, too, for form. Absolutely. So during this time of kind of 
gray skies and being at home, don't, don't just watch sort of mindless things or negative yeah. things. Tune in to form. There's some really great family entertainment. And there's everything. There's movies. There's yeah. documentaries. Doc- there's Bible oh, study series. Sacramental series. Wonderful one. It's powerful. Oh, yeah. Well, then we finish with St. Polycarp. Oh, I love that guy. I have a special... I have a special admiration for Polycarp Me because too. he was a student of John. Yeah. And when you when you enter into the life of St. John the Beloved, and then you look at how he passed on his fervor yeah. for the Lord to Polycarp, and then you consider Polycarp's life, um, uh, there's just something very moving you know, about it. He was a disciple of St. John, the Bishop of Smyrna, and lived from 69 to 159 AD. And here's one of the things about St. Polycarp that I really want all of our listeners to consider. When you enter into the life of Polycarp, you start to realize the lineage that is growing and developing out of the apostles. The apostles carry this intimacy with the heart of Jesus. They know, love, and serve Jesus. But then they spread the gospel. And from Jesus to John, now John to Polycarp. And when you enter into some of these uh, fathers of the church, you understand the fullness of the Catholic faith that is Christianity being passed down from the apostles to someone like St. Polycarp. Okay, sure, it might be a name that we don't use very often today when baby boys are born. But when you enter the life of St. Polycarp, you realize how he absorbed that love, that faith, and that hope that he uh, saw exhibited so beautifully in St. John. years old yes. when he was martyred. Yeah. Yep. Wow. You know, and I mean, just think of that. At the age of 86, he was brought into an arena to be martyred. Mm. The Roman proconsul tried to persuade him to deny our Lord Jesus and pay homage to Caesar. And Polycarp gave his famous reply, Four score and six years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. Mm. How then can I blaspheme my king and my savior? If you require me to swear by the genius of Caesar, as you call it, hear my free confession. I am a Christian. And if you desire to learn the doctrines of Christianity, appoint a time and hear me. Hmm. The beautiful words of Polycarp before he was put to death for his faith, our faith in the Lord Jesus. I mean, just a beautiful well, example, he did, you know? he really did teach the doctrine of Christianity yeah. by shedding his blood. And one of the things that you know, I want all of our listeners to appreciate especially listeners who are tempted to think that maybe because of their age or their state in life, or maybe they can't get out as well or get around as well. I mean, Polycarp was 86 years of age, still serving the Lord because he loved the Lord, because he knew the Lord. And the world will tell us, you know, um, you've aged out, you've moved beyond, you've retired, you're inactive, Mm -hmm. go home, stay out of our way. You have a role to play in the kingdom of God. You are called to be active in the church. Think of St. Polycarp, 86 years of, old, 86 years of a, age, giving witness. Beautiful point, Father. And look at Bernadette. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like she served the poor. It wasn't like, you know, she was humble. She was simple. Her passion was really also her illness, but also how she was treated, just kind of putting up with some of the aggravations in the convent and out of great charity, how she responded with that love. <sighs> oh, Father. <laughs> February 14th, Father, join us for meatloaf. <laughs> A heart meatloaf. All right. Apparently, that is the refrain of the Sacred Heart Hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Go my. to welcomeisheart.com, oh. and uh, we will be back on first 
uh, Friday in March. And just God remember <laughs> the importance of getting the Mass on First Friday and start mm. making it nine First Fridays. Thank you. Uh, as we Thank bring you. to a close this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we pray our Sacred Heart of Jesus renewal prayer. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials, and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen. Amen.